0: It's time for the moment you've been waiting for.
1: Beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game.
0: What are we talking about?
1: I don't know. I wasn't in that meeting, but I'm just assuming.
0: Are all Toronto Blue Jays fans losers? You know what I'm going to become?
1: A really, really
2: obnoxious girls fan. I got so passionate in that argument that I hit the mic with my
0: hat. I cried like a little girl. <laughs>
2: what is wrong with people? No, I'm saying I could have done what Speak does because I do that... Every time I go, You're such a moron That just means I'm never leaving My kids alone with you Because you're really creepy
0: More bacon Everything is better With more bacon Tom
3: Brady wears Uggs
0: It's a faith-based Sports radio program
3: We would be honored If you would join
0: Thanks for joining us and welcome to the Beyond the Game program. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Townandcountrysolutions.com. You can call Town & Country, have them take care of that problem that I know you're having with bees because everybody else is having it too. I'm having it big time. Man, they're everywhere this year. Call Town & Country, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing. But, God, I'm Rick Benson, and joining me is our show's producer, Zach Barletta. The website is btgprogram.com, and the social media handle is at btgprogram. And if you have a desire to leave us a message or your thoughts on what we're talking about today or even things coming up, you can call our studio line, 585-431-1202. One more time, it's 585-431-1202. Okay, with all the technical stuff out of the way, Zach, let's get right into the show Last week I said that it was time for U.S. soccer to move on from Hope Solo and cut her from the team because, well, she's been an embarrassment on a number of occasions and shown a repeated lack of class.
2: Who knew U.S. soccer listened to our show?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they do. Well, though they did not exactly shut the door on her career with the women's national team, They did sort of push her out the door, and she stands on the other side for now. They've suspended her for six months for what they called conduct that is counter to the organization's principles. They also terminated her contract, effective immediately, and she'll not be eligible to sign a new one until after her suspension in February. The sour grapes comment that she made um, after they lost to Sweden in the Olympics, that was obviously a, a real big part of it. Here's what U.S. Soccer had to say. The comments by Hope Solo after the match against Squeed during the 2016 Olympics were unacceptable and do not meet the standard of conduct we require from our national team players. But they also made sure to make it clear that this was a culmination of a number of issues over, over the years by adding this when they said taking into consideration the past incidents involving Hope as well as the private conversations we've had private conversations well that that tells you they've talked to her about this before Mm -hmm. they've had these discussions and she continued to go down this road and and act in that way i mean i guess there you have it you ask for it you got it i've heard some people killing u.s soccer saying that the suspension is is really just well timed because they only play a few relatively unimportant matches from now until the time her suspension's over. It really amounts to nothing, especially in light of the fact that her contract status was sort of up in the air anyway. Mm -hmm. She's an older player at this point. I think she's 35, 36, something like that. But I'm okay with it. I think U.S. this decision, U.S. soccer sends a bit of a message to her and others that that type of behavior is not going to be tolerated. It also lets them save a little faith. Uh, excuse me, a little face. After her comments got so much attention, mm-hmm. her comments blew up. Oh, absolutely! And got yeah. a lot of negative response. She was suspended for a month early last year as well. This is not her, the first time she was suspended for conduct during the team's training camp. She was alleged to be belligerent during her husband's DUI arrest. This is a bit harsher than that, and with the termination of the contract. Well, now it sort of comes with a, hey, let's see how things go approach. Things blow over. It looks like both sides can maybe amicably come back together. Uh, They left room for that to happen. I know it's a bit of a paper tiger type of punishment. But, you know, I, I like to see people have a chance to redeem themselves. I think this is pretty fair considering the history that she has with the team. My issue is really with the U.S. Women's National Team Players Association, which of course said they're going to plan to file an appeal on her behalf. Their quote is, we believe the proposed discipline to be excessive, unprecedented, disproportionate, and a violation of Ms. Solo's First Amendment rights. Now, obviously, we can debate if it's really a violation of her First Amendment rights. The fact of the matter is she does indeed have the freedom of speech, but if she's getting paid she's not free from consequence from an employer who feels her conduct was embarrassing and or harmful and by the way repeated conduct because it's not the first time now there are times i get it, they gotta they gotta stick up for their person there's times when in the public eye you have to protect your people a batter gets a bit fired up and argues to call a call third strike he gets thrown out of the game he's gonna have his manager come out to defend his guy Even if the manager knows the pitch was a foot outside, he has to stick up for his guy. It's one of those stupid unwritten codes. But when your guy says something as foolish as she did, ripping an opponent who just executed a brilliant strategy, probably played the game of their lives. When your guy is trying to avoid trial on misdemeanor domestic violence charges, when your guy has already been suspended once for detrimental conduct to the team, maybe it's just better to accept this one and get on with it. Especially given that she really isn't going to be missing any critical games. And since she's also free to continue playing for the Seattle Reign of the NWSL who will continue their season later today. The reality is she's going to be 37 by the next time the next World Cup rolls along. By the time that gets here, she's certainly closer to the end of her career than the beginning of it. I mean, it can't be denied she's had a great career, but she's Closer to the end than the beginning. Well, for sure. By suspending her at this time, the team has a chance to look over some potential replacements for her. But then at the end of the six months, if the national team doesn't feel good about what they have to replace her, there'll be a joyful reunion. Everybody will say all the right things and she'll be back in goal for the Stars and Stripes. I mean,
2: right back where she was. Yeah, that's just how these things work. By the way, doesn't it seem like Pretty much every player's association in sports, like even if you went out and shot someone on the field, the player's association would go to bat for you to not be suspended.
0: (laughs) It sure seems that way. You Remember that great scene in the movie War Room? Miss Clara's getting to know the young real estate agent she's meeting with to list her house. Clara asks her how often she goes to church, and the young woman answers, Occasionally. Does your pastor only preach occasionally? The woman then asks. <laughs> the real, the real estate agent, the young lady, she says that she's more spiritual than religious and admits that her relationship with God is not too hot, co- not too hot, excuse me, not too cold. Clara then fixes some coffee for the two of them. And when the younger lady tastes it, she immediately dislikes it because it's lukewarm. Clara had set the woman up to make the point that people drink coffee hot or cold, never in between. A poignant scene, terrific movie. Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson is like a giant glass of lukewarm (laughs) lemonade on a hot summer day. He's like that hot cup of coffee, that hot cup of hot chocolate you made before you go outside to shovel the driveway for an hour or so during a Rochester winter. You come back in to get warm, the drink is room temperature because the coffee maker shut off. It's dissatisfying and you want no more of it. A report surfaced in a wedding publication called The Knot. You and I don't read that, Zach. It's not about garlic knots, so no. <laughs> no. That Wilson had, and his wife, Sierra, had moved their recent wedding from North Carolina to London due to the state's controversial bathroom law, HB2, which requires, as you know, people to use a bathroom of their birth gender. Wedding planner Mindy Weiss, maybe wedding planner to the stars, I don't know says that she actually put together three weddings for the couple, but because of varying reasons, including their stance on on this issue, they eventually went with door number three in England. I think they had a Paris thing planned, but something was going on. Then they had the North Carolina thing, but they didn't agree with this law, and, and now they settled for door number three in England. She says, I did the whole thing three times. They were first getting married in North Carolina, but they called it off due to the transgender bathroom laws. Given the opportunity to confirm or deny the report, Russell Wilson did what Russell Wilson does. He speaks a bunch of words, actually avoids saying anything, actually avoids answering the question. He mentions Jesus, and then he moves on. He's the poster child for lukewarm water. If you were marketing lukewarm water, he'd be your ideal spokesperson. (laughs) According to ESPN, when asked to respond to the report they moved the wedding due to the law, Wilson said... I'm just going to simply talk about, I just believe Jesus loves all people. That's honestly what I believe. And I just always constantly pray for world peace. I pray for peace in the world. I pray for joy. But my focus right now is just on the Cowboys and scoring in the red zone.
2: What's remarkable about that is he starts out by saying, I'm just going to talk about, and then he tells them, I'm not even going to talk about what you just asked me about. I'm going to talk about something else.
0: Yeah, I get that Wilson wants to avoid saying anything controversial, which is a challenge given who he is and what he does for a living. To his credit, though, he's been very good so far at it. Even for a guy who likes to mention Jesus as much as he does, he doesn't seem to get a lot of pushback. Now, the liberal media, the LGBT community want to promote this law as homophobic or as anti-gay. It's not. In fact, I've said it before, I'm not all that worried about the transgender people using the bathroom. I suspect they're just going to go in a stall, do their thing. They don't want a lot of attention, and nobody's going to know the difference anyway. But the law does protect against predators, protects against pranksters, or anyone else wanting a cheap thrill by using any bathroom they want because they have the freedom under the law to do it. That's what this law protects against. But really, this isn't a discussion about the law. And in reality, I couldn't care any less how Russell Wilson or Sierra feel about it. That's not my point. My point is stop being so lukewarm. I'd not expect them to go into some diatribe about how the Bible feels, its views on homosexuality. I'm not expecting that. I know he'd get crushed by the media. I know he'd more than likely be rebuked by his employer, maybe even penalized, or maybe both. Maybe the league. I, You know, as I think about it, though, I would respect him if he did that.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know,
0: if it's part of his answer, he shared biblical views on homosexual, uh, if he knows them. But I know it, it may not have been the time, and I'm okay with it. But here's my issue. It's not enough that you believe that Jesus loves people. Heck, the devil and his demons believe that Jesus loves people. It's nice that you pray for world peace. It's nice that you pray for joy. But what does that have to do with anything that you were asked? I mean, so what? Telling the world that Jesus loves all people isn't going to get you much negativity. It'll torque off a few people, I get that. But by and large, not too many people are going to get all bent out of shape about it. But when you tell people that Jesus loves them, and that he died on the cross to pay for their sins, well, that's going to ruffle a few more feathers. Mm -hmm. Telling people that they're sinners and that without a faith in Christ they face the reality of an eternity in hell, that's going to get you a reaction. Telling people that Jesus loves them, that's just not enough. Mm -hmm. Smile, Jesus loves you. That statement alone is not enough to change my life. The fact that Jesus loves me is nice, but unless I have the whole story, it probably won't cause me to smile. I'm grateful, back in 1976, for a Sunday school teacher who told me that Jesus loved me, but also explained that his life was a perfect life, yet he willingly gave it up on the cross to pay for my sins, the ones I committed, because he loved me. Some people are given platforms that other people don't have, but if you don't use that platform, God may choose to not continue to bless you with that opportunity. Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16 says, I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. I would that you were either cold or hot. Be one or the other. Verse 16, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That's Jesus' words. Russell Wilson sends a lot of mixed messages. He talks plenty about Jesus, but then he seems to allow things in his life which are contrary to what Jesus taught. He never goes far enough to fully embrace those things, but he doesn't go far enough to fully reject him either. He's the ultimate lukewarm glass of water. I've heard him talk about Jesus, yet I've never heard his story on how he came to faith or the point he realized he needed forgiveness of his sins. Perhaps he shared it often. Maybe I just missed it. But I've yet to hear him say anything that distinguishes between a faith in Jesus and a belief in him. Trusting him is different than believing he lived i got to imagine Miss Clara would call him out on this, you know, as being lukewarm. But, you know, in fairness, she'd call me out, you out, and others as well to give us our fair share. I like Russell Wilson. As I said, what's not to like, what's not to dislike? But I find his soft answers. I find his lack of substance a bit troubling. There's that. that's my opening thoughts. So let me give you a chance to respond. Go ahead and tell me how right I am. I like that. Or that is unless you actually have, want to take issue with something I said.
2: Well, I never come in here wanting to tell you how right you are because it's really <laughs> not the best radio, but there's really nothing I can disagree with here. Back to Hope Solo. What what USA Soccer did was absolutely the correct thing to do. Unfortunately, what we're all going to remember from the Rio Olympics are Hope Solo being a poor loser and Ryan Lochte being a poor liar. And really, USA Olympics needed to do something to address some of those situations, to kind of stem the tide of negative publicity. I think they could have gone farther and, and suspended her farther, but props to them for finally, on her fourth major uh, incident, finally actually doing something about it. And, you know, I
0: hope you're wrong about that. I hope when we look back, we remember the good parts about it. But I think when they do the 30 for 30, 15 years from now, you're right. that That's going to be a big part of these yeah. Olympics.
2: Hopefully, we'll remember Michael Phelps, but. You know, we're going to remember these. We're going to remember the, the swimmer that hit a couch with their kayak. or you know, <laughs> that, We're going to, not going to remember good things. But and then as far as Russell Wilson goes, like, you hit the nail on the head. Like, he just has – in fact, I, the first thing I thought of when you were reading his comments there was like a month ago. He was interviewed by ESPN, and they asked him about athletes using their, their platform to promote social change. And he says, well, I think we all have a responsibility – It's not just on athletes, coaches, it's on all of us. It comes down to love and appreciating each other, yada, yada. And he's talking about, yeah, we all have a responsibility as athletes to use our platform. And then here he's given a platform he's asked about this bathroom bill. And even if I I don't agree with his stance on it, at least if you have a stance, take it and say something about it. And he completely changes the topic and doesn't address it. He was given a platform and he didn't use it. And... I think you're right. You know what? I
0: agree with you. Even if I don't agree with your stance, even if you did move it because of the law, at least say, listen, I disagree with the law. We're moving our wedding. I I just want to tell you, Jesus loves all people. But go on from there. Don't just be so in the middle, sitting on the middle of the fence. Pick a side. Go a little deeper. Tell more to the story.
2: There's lots of people that have the exact opposite beliefs of me. That I respect a lot because they can have a dialogue about them and they're not afraid to take a stand and talk about it.
0: You're a better person. Than and I for are.
2: Russell Wilson to just say, "Oh, Jesus loves everyone," and leave it at that, you're doing people a disservice. Because if I as I'm an unbeliever and someone tells me Jesus loves everyone, I think, "All right, I'm part of everyone. I'm good," and that's all I'm going to look into it at all. So that's a great point. Russell Wilson just he had a platform and he wasted it.
0: Yeah, I, I admire the guy for going out there and telling people that Jesus loves him. But there's more to that story. we got a lot more coming up for you today on the program. I do hope you'll stick around. I think you'll enjoy it. Spend the rest of the hour with us. We'd be pleased to have you here. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.
1: title sponsor beyond the game is town and country pest solutions and they have been for the two plus years this show has been on the air but that is nothing compared to the nearly 30 years of renting your homes and businesses of unwelcome pests and i'm not just here reading a commercial script for them i am a happy and satisfied customer they have taken care of a mouse bee ant an even fly problem for me yes my house is old and falling apart and i get all sorts of critters but unlike swimmers not named michael phelps they have an answer to beat their competition and rid your home of pest problems they are a gold medal caliber company was that lame yes i admit it and i kind of hate myself for saying it but i don't hate myself for calling town and country pest solutions they really are the best and they guarantee their work Did I mention they're the best? So save yourself more of a headache and money and call them first. Don't waste your time on other companies. Town & Country will do it right the first time every time. So give them a call today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time because someone decided that 3 is the magic number, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. It's here, Ram Sports Network, Christian Sports Television. That's right,
0: Christian Sports Television. Ram Sports Network is the first Christian sports TV channel with programming from Pee-wee to the pros, games, events, sports talk, fitness and nutrition, sports missions, western sports, and sports ministry. We're spreading the gospel through sports. Watch us now at RamsportsNetwork.com or find us on the Roku Channel Store. Ram Sports Network, more, more than a game. Welcome back to the program. Benson and Barletta, Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. You can visit us online, btgprogram.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. I'm sensing a settlement coming at some point in the Jason Pierre-Paul versus ESPN battle. (laughs) A judge in Florida just ruled that Pierre Paul can indeed go forward with this suit against ESPN, suing them and reporter Alan Schefter for posting his private medical records online for the entire world to see. Schefter and ESPN, they had hoped to see the suit tossed out, citing protection from the First Amendment. But oh no, that doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I mean, how smug and arrogant. Do you have to to be to put his private records, his medical records online, and then try to hide behind the First minute Only ESPN. Yeah, oh, they've of course declined to comment. You know, pending litigation and all. But sure. At some point, you got to stop and say, "Man, am I going too far here? This is a real invasion of privacy." So I I see a settlement coming.
3: Sweet. And boom goes the
2: dynamite.
0: <laughs> Speaking of smug and arrogant. Apparently, the Dallas Cowboys have inspirational quotes and pictures throughout their practice facility, and I don't mean those little silly pictures your boss hangs around wherever it is you work, you know, to try to inspire you to strive a little more and maybe make him or her a few more dollars. I'm not talking about those things. One phrase the Cowboys have on their wall is, do your job. Big letters, I guess, do your job. Where have we heard that before? And, and Fairly standard, though, I suppose. I, I've been told once in my or twice in my life to, you know, do your job. And yeah, okay, you go do your job. But it seems that Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski has an issue with the Cowboys using it. He tweeted out and also posted on his blog a picture of it and said, check out what the Dallas Cowboys stole from the Patriots. Wait, Gronkowski has a blog? I guess he's a heavy blogger, too. I didn't know he was literate. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I get that their personality-rich head coach, Bill Belichick, (laughs) has been known to say this quite a bit. But does Gronkowski really think that he invented the phrase? You know, being Gronkowski, he probably does. Oh, sure. Stole from the Patriots? I can't wait until the next time somebody lays that on me. I'm going to troll him with, what are you, some sort of Patriots fan? (laughs) <laughs> I, you know what else? I can't wait till Rob Gronkowski just goes away. Yeah. I, I, You know what I think, Bob? He's probably a fine guy and all, you know, but the celebration of debauchery that seems to surround anything oh, he does.
2: He's Johnny Manziel, but he's good at football. Ah. Eventually he'll be bad at football, and then he'll just be Johnny Manziel that's the size of three Johnny Manzels, and and then we'll be sick of him. All right, Zach, let's get into this week's shenanigans what do you got for us? Number one, Michael Phelps is the greatest Olympian of all time. I agree.
0: I mean, can there really be any doubt? Uh, nobody else even comes close to the number of medals he's won, but even beyond that, not even beyond the medals, the way he's dominated his sport and having done it for such a long time, I mean, Admit it. There's that little sliver of doubt in your mind that makes you wonder if he won't be back again in four years.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I could see him. I mean, it, we all can. I thought he might be too old for this one, but you know, clearly he was not. We'll sit out two years, get bored, and come back.
0: Never I was looking for an adjective yeah. there, and I couldn't kind of, couldn't find one. You know.
2: We'll never underestimate the guy that. Um, has issues in his personal life, like Michael Phelps has talked about having, because competition gives them the structure and the preparation and all that, that occupies their time. So, you know, if he goes back home and finds out he hasn't quite conquered his personal demons yet, maybe the best thing for him would be get back into swimming. So, who knows?
0: Very insightful.
2: But I, I have to agree. I what my thinking was, maybe there were Olympians that didn't have as many medals as him, but it had bigger moments. I think of Jesse Owens. In Nazi Germany, as a black athlete running and stuff like that, but Michael Phelps has the most medals of all time—four more than the next highest. It, it, it's just a level of dominance that you can't compete with. So I have to agree.
0: Yeah, I don't. I can't think. You're right, Jesse Owens' moment—that's a big moment. Um, but I can't
2: think of anybody that you could really put up there on that type of just the longevity plus the dominance is just unparalleled, really. Yeah,
0: there's probably somebody that we're not thinking of, like some archer that's dominated for years. But because it's archery, we don't know.
2: <laughs> there was the, um, what was the lady's name that was um, that won for shooting, and she'd been winning for like decades.
0: You're asking me her name?
2: Well, I didn't watch the Olympics, so I have no I, idea.
0: I have no idea what her name is. She's a shooter.
2: Okay, call our studio line people and tell us <laughs> how dumb we are with this. Number two. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim general manager Billy Epler said recently that he sees, quote, no reason to believe that manager Mike Socha won't be back for an 18th season as Angel Skipper next season. The Angels currently have the worst winning percentage of any of Socha's seasons as manager, and there isn't much hope on the horizon for the future. So truth or shenanigans, Mike Socha will manage the Angels next year.
0: What do you think?
2: I say truth. I, I agree. I- Look, he shouldn't be the manager next year, but he shouldn't be the manager now. He wields a lot of power in the organization. They had to choose between him and the general manager, and they let the general manager go. Uh, at this point, he basically is is number two right behind the owner. I'm sure the general manager answers to him and, and not vice versa. Plus, he has the built-in excuse that most of their opening day rotation needed Tommy John surgery this year. So they can point to that as, well, my pitchers all got hurt. You know What did you expect me to do? So whether or not he should be, I think he will be yeah, the manager.
0: I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I say shenanigans. He's not going to be managing the Angels next year. I'm not sure he's going to get fired. Uh, as you say, he's pretty powerful in the organization. But there comes a time for most managers anyway when their voice is no longer heard, when their effectiveness has lost a little of its edge, mm-hmm. you know, and make no doubt about it, S- Sosha's a really good manager. But it might be time for a new voice and it might be time for a fresh change. And that decision might just as easily come from him as from above him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I can see him stepping down, taking a year out of baseball, and then, you know, sure. taking another challenge somewhere else.
2: Yeah. Moving to an advisory role or something. Moving
0: over to manage the Yankees after they. Fire Girardi for mishandling the bullpen the way he does. Fire
2: Girardi, that's fine, but please not social. <laughs> I can't handle. He's any a more. good manager. I can't handle any more no-hit catchers. I just can't. Number three, the Buffalo Bills did the right thing by releasing running back Carlos Williams. Shenanigans. So he's a little fat and out of shape. <laughs> so what?
0: Listen, I think it's wrong to discriminate against those who tip the scales a little bit more aggressively <laughs> than maybe you do. Seriously, though, I agree. I, I Yeah. What, what What is he thinking? You're not so cemented in a position. You're not uh, Marshawn Lynch here where you can walk into the job. You could take the entire preseason off and just walk in. You needed to come to camp mentally and physically prepared to win a job. And it sounds like he was neither. Get it together, see if you can get picked up somewhere later in the season as an injury replacement or even before,
2: you know, camps break. I say shenanigans. Uh, I was furious when the news broke. As more info has come out about what his situation was, I'm becoming okay with getting him off the team as much as I really loved him and loved watching him play. The guy got himself suspended. He came to camp overweight, lost a little bit, and then started to gain it back again, and it cost him his spot on the depth chart. I could see the Bills bringing him back if he gets back on track because he's a really good player the reason i say shenanigans is that it's poor asset management he had a fantastic rookie season he gained a ton of value if you're going to get rid of him trade him and get something for him to let somebody that valuable go and get nothing in return is just you can't do that you can't so that's why i say shenanigans
0: you make a good point but would anybody else in the league want a fat out of shape guy
2: and that's the only other you thing you got to
0: prove yourself first. You he gotta, went
2: through waivers unclaimed, so nobody took him on the contract that he was already on. So, yeah, maybe they want to see him lose the weight first. I, I, I agree don't.
0: with you. He's a good. He's a good player. He's going to get picked up, but he's got to take care of business first. Mm-hmm. He's got to get physically ready, which involves getting mentally ready. And if you come to camp fat and out of shape, you're not mentally ready. Not for football. True. You, who do you think you are,
2: Bartolo Colon? <laughs> That's the only guy that can get away with it. Number four, Tyrod Taylor will be a top 10 quarterback this season. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I agree. And I, it, look, this might be complete Homerism, and it probably is, but I feel like... As you
0: sit there wearing a Bills cap. Yeah,
2: well, you know, I, I feel like he was very good last season, and by all accounts, he's looked fantastic in camp. what I've seen in games has been very good he's a dual threat quarterback so he can add value in areas that some other quarterbacks can't the biggest thing for me is there just aren't a lot of really good quarterbacks in the National Football League right now and I don't think it would take much assuming he plays a full season to jump up into where he could potentially be a top 10 quarterback so so I'll say I agree I'm gonna say
0: shenanigans I disagree with you he's a nice quarterback But I leave it at that. He's a nice quarterback. He's going to win you some games. I don't see him as a franchise-type quarterback. And as you sort of pointed out, there really is only three or four of those franchise-type quarterbacks currently in the league. But I don't see him as even part of the next tier either. I know you're a Bills fan and you want him to be the answer at quarterback, but I'm just not convinced. Honestly, I think if the Bills stumble through the first half of the season, They ought to throw in the towel and, you know, hope to get a high draft pick or get the number one draft pick and go after Deshaun Watson. That's a franchise quarterback.
2: (laughs) You also might see Joey Bosa back in the draft (laughs) next year.
0: (laughs) Who's not a franchise quarterback. No,
2: no. But he might be better than some of the quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Might be. All right, number five, the final question. The start of football season is more exciting than the start of baseball season.
0: I had to think about this. Right? Right. For a long time. That was a great question. That was a great statement. The start of football season, more exciting than the start of baseball season. I really started parsing your words like, all right, exciting um, versus tradition. Uh, I'm going to say I agree. I agree. It is. There's only okay, good. 16 games. There's only 16 games. So each one is so critical that in some situations, in some matchups, it's almost like a must
2: win right out of the gate sometimes. That's my excuse for skipping family functions during football season. Like, look, they only play 16 times. All right. Yeah. If you're playing, I can see you guys anytime
0: within your division week one and you drop to an opponent. That's a tough loss right out of the gate. Yeah. Listen, it's, it's week one. Really, it isn't a must win because you're going to play whoever it is, if especially if it's in your division, you're going to play them again. But to make the playoffs, each game is so important. And baseball dropping one out of 162 doesn't make that much of a difference. I understand sometimes you can finish tied, you can finish a game out, but uh, when you're playing in your division, you got 18 other chances or 17 other chances to play them. Baseball has that nostalgic edge to me. You know, winter's coming to a close. You're feeling good. You're getting back outside. There's no doubt that the crack of the bat is a better sound than the pounding of pads. But Mm -hmm. football is special, too. And the pageantry of college football. You just said football. College football and the pageantry that comes with it. And I understand you're not a big college football fan. But, man, that's exciting. College football opening is, to me, more exciting than the NFL. That's a religion in a
2: lot of places.
0: Yeah, and, you know, your statement is true. If you ask that same statement in the South, baseball's not going to stand a chance to that. You know, it's
2: down South. It's... But not the NFL either. Like you said, in a lot of places. Oh, you're right. The beginning you're of the right. NCAA season would be way more exciting. For me, football season is super exciting, especially this year since, as we talked about off the air, New York State just got Daily Fantasy back, which I've been playing the heck out of since it came back about a week ago.
0: To foster your gambling addiction.
2: Absolutely. I'm going to put my kids through college somehow.
0: But Have you explained to your wife you lost the
2: house yet? No, not yet. (laughs) Good thing she doesn't listen to the show. But baseball season, to me, is more exciting because not only is it the kickoff of another season that we wait and wait and wait for, but it also sort of turns the page from winter into spring, where a lot of times you count down to spring training, like, all right, spring training is here. I know it's only February, I know we have two feet of snow on the ground, but there's baseball being played down south.
0: And you take a days off to watch a spring training game because it's the first one since, you Oh, know.
2: absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And And for me, like, it's just, you get to spring training, you get to opening day, and it's like, all right, the dark days of winter are over, spring is here, summer's around the corner, we're getting to the light at the end of the tunnel, and because the nice weather around here does not last so long, it's just... In addition to the beginning of the baseball season that you've been waiting for, there's like that rebirth into the nice weather, and it's just, for me, that's the best.
0: Here's what I want you to do. Put a note on your calendar to ask this question again, make this statement again, (laughs) a week before the opening of the baseball season. Because right now I'm saying football is more exciting. I love it, and I agree with everything you said, but I think football is more exciting. But we're a week. Ten days or so before the start of the season.
2: While we're on this question, let's talk the other sport that you and I are really both into. Where does hockey season the pretty high. Of the season?
0: That's pretty exciting. On this list for you.
2: Yeah. I, Would it be tops?
0: It, no, not tops, but it's close. It's closer than you might think. It's hard to put hockey. Um you know, baseball as as we both mentioned, you t- you're talking about the end of a A miserable season for those of Mm -hmm. us that live in the Rochester area. You know, you live in the Northeast, winter's over, man. You're looking towards spring and then a crack of the bat. That's exciting. Football, you got 16 games and they're all so important. Hockey is sort of in between the two. You got a lot more games, so each one's not as critical, but boy, the the blades on the ice and the slap of the puck. Uh, I, I do look forward to the start of the hockey season. Coming up after the break, we're gonna we're gonna get into the Daryl Strawberry Dwight Gooden situation a little bit. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town and Country, Pest Solutions.
2: When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com.
3: Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Barry Bonds never took steroids. It's a faith-based
0: sports radio program.
3: Don't ruin it by being an idiot. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. Have a high moral standard. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles.
1: How silly can you get? You
3: want to heckle blind people? That would make me soil my pants. Dude, wow. Welcome back to the show. Recording in the BTG Studios in Rochester, New York, here is your host, Rick Benson. Thanks for being with us.
0: This is the Beyond the Game program, Benson and Barletta. BTGprogram.com or at BTGprogram. Before we get into our next topic, Zach, I'm just sitting here looking at this story on the internet about a Polish Olympian, won a silver medal here at Rio, here in the, I say here, not here. I'm not in Rio, but in the recent Olympics, he was going to auction that medal off to pay for a to pay in an effort to raise money for a three-year-old boy suffering from a rare form of eye cancer. This surgery could could save his life. He attempted to raise roughly eighty-four thousand dollars towards a goal of hundred twenty-six, because a third of the money had already been raised. As it turns out, this is according to ESPN, a pair of millionaires, of uh, Polish billionaires, I should say, they have stepped forward and agreed to purchase the medal for the remaining cost of the surgery. So they're going to pay the full 84000 He has awesome. another silver medal from the 2008 Beijing Olympics, and he says that this Rio medal is already done more good than it would sitting in his trophy case. Kind of a... Great story there. I try to pronounce the name. Peter Malachowski, Polish discus thrower. Great story there. Contrary to that, on the other side, former Mets and Yankees pitcher Dwight Gooden missed a scheduled appearance with Daryl Strawberry for radio station WFAN in New York City, which caused Strawberry to publicly express his concerns that his good friend was again struggling with drug addiction. The situation has since made national news. Gooden dismissed those concerns and subsequently expressed anger that Strawberry would say something like that to the media. He released a statement and said that he's just dealing with some minor health issues. Strawberry, though, he's not backing off. He calls Gooden a complete junkie addict and says that he's been trying to talk to him and get him to go for help, but that that he won't listen. He even said that Gooden's son called him asking him to help fearing for his father's life. You may have seen some of the pictures circulating in the news and the social media. My man looks bad.
2: I saw him in the um, recently when the Yankees celebrated the 96 team and he came walking out and he looked like what you see in some of those commercials of the starving people in third world countries. Like He does not look good.
0: There's a picture of him circulating. Uh, he's in front of his apartment door. He's wearing a, a, a Doc Gooden tank top and it's just It's troubling just looking at him. I mean, the guy's only 51. He's not an old man. Well,
2: and what does every single addict say? Oh, I'm not an addict. Well, right. The fact that he said, you know, oh, no, I'm just having some health problems. Yeah, okay, sure.
0: Several people who have a relationship with and have let it be known that they stand by, ready to help. Strawberry says even the New York Yankees organization have reached out to him to let it be known that they're willing to even pay for any treatment that Gooden may need. And that's something about the Yankees, and 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 you can I don't maybe you could say this about every organization, but they take care of their own. Mm-hmm. They have, and I realize that Gooden is really a met but he played for the Yankees, and they are always. Mm-hmm. You say what you want about George Steinbrenner. One of the things that he would do, and oftentimes it was privately, was very generous in taking care of people and their families. Um, The New York Daily News has confirmed the Yankees' willingness to help. Many have taken shots at Strawberry for talking publicly about Gooden's issues. I heard one national sports talk show host saying that Strawberry was just looking for media attention. What an idiot. I mean, really, what a dope. Why would a guy who's been out of the public spotlight for quite a while now suddenly, all of a sudden, just feel the need to have attention on
2: him? And a guy who's said publicly he doesn't want to talk about his baseball or his any of that stuff, for him to get back into it like that means it's serious to him.
0: Yeah, and th- considering his past battles with drug addiction, is this really the area that he's going to go looking for attention, somebody dealing with a drug problem? Right. If anybody would know what he's talking about, it's him. I'll tell you what I think, and, and obviously I don't know either, man, but uh, given Gooden's appearance, as you said, his strong denial, his rather sharp personal attacks back towards Strawberry, combined with Strawberry's insistence, you know, he didn't just go away about this. He's insisting on it. I, I think Straw is on to something, and I think he hit a nerve. If what Strawberry says is true, being someone who claims to have come to a faith in Jesus Christ, I tend to give him the benefit of any doubt. I believe the guy. If he's been talking to him and trying to get him to seek help only to have good and refuse, whether maybe bringing it out in the open as he has is exactly the right thing to do. Maybe it's a desperation move designed to save the life of a friend. After all, it's resulted in many more people being aware of it, many more people offering to help. John Harper of the Daily News, the New York Daily News, said Strawberry told him that I have to try something before he's dead. I don't get the idea that Strawberry is on some mission to embarrass or hurt Doc Gooden. I think he's trying to be a friend. He sure doesn't seem worried about what other people seem to think. He's sticking to his guns and trying to get Gooden to get the help he needs. Good to know, he has to come to a place. I mean, you can only do so much. He has to come to that place where he admits his struggle, where he accepts those offers to help. He says he hasn't used since 2011 in an interview. Uh, I don't know how far ago it was, but he says he hasn't used uh, since 2011. I think the interview was earlier this year. But a woman who was in a relationship with him for several years says he's been in a drug-induced spiral since 2014. And Strawberry thinks that uh, Doc is especially vulnerable now. His mother passed away in July. Among good and seemingly, as you mentioned, defensive responses, he said of Strawberry, quote, Unfortunately, it's no friendship and bad judgment on my part, thinking it was. He ripped Strawberry for his inability to show character and strength. But again, Daryl Strawberry says, I'd only be offended if something was true that he said. I love him. He's an addict. Strawberry is not backing off this. It's hard for me to find fault here at Daryl Strawberry. You may think he shouldn't have handled it this way, but maybe he's tried everything else. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gooden's acting defensive. He's obviously embarrassed by his condition, perhaps by his appearance, where he finds himself in life or something. Uh, What Strawberry said has obviously hit a nerve. Think of the verse, Proverbs 27, verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Sometimes some of the things they say will hurt, but they're for our own good. There are times people will just tell you exactly what you want to hear. Someone is willing to go through what Strawberry's going through, go through the hassle, go through the heartache of telling you the painful truth. Well, that's a good friend. Obviously, not someone telling you things just with the intention to hurt you, but somebody telling you because they love you, because they care about you. Think about how hard that is for them. Mm -hmm. It's hard to go to somebody and tell them a hard truth to uh, confront them about a potential problem. Of course, it's easier to stick your head in the sand to just ignore the problem. Maybe it'll go away. Bringing it up will only make them angry. It's their own fault anyway. It'd be pretty easy to just condemn a drug addict for their problems, to just walk away and leave them to live or leave them to die on their own. As Christians, we often do that, though. Uh, maybe not literally, but rather than risk hurting a friend or losing their friendship, we leave them to battle their own problems. Sometimes you have to say something. You see someone involved in a behavior or a relationship that's just wrong. Maybe it's even destructive. Will you just leave someone to fend for themselves? Let the pieces fall where they will. Or would you be willing to do what Daryl Strawberry is doing? Risk your friendship, risk being attacked, risk being ridiculed. True friendship at times requires some very difficult, some very hard conversations. You just can't always pretend that things are okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta confront somebody. And how does one do that? Obviously with a lot of prayer. But Colossians chapter 3 is a great chapter. It's, it's a great place to start. Verses uh, 1 and 2 says this, If if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. There's so much in that chapter which gives instructions, you know, to make sure you're you're not focused on yourself. If you're going to confront a friend, you need to make sure that you're not Perhaps doing it out of jealousy, that maybe it's getting back at something, some vengeance thing, or some other selfish motivation. You need to put all those things off. You need to be fully focused on Christ and doing his work when he's helping somebody else, when helping a friend. You need to be sure your heart, your mind are in a good place where it's it's truly the best interest of that other person, which is your goal. And it takes great humility. You have to have great humility to achieve those goals, knowing that you too have you have your own sins, you get your own battles. You're just a forgiven sinner, but you're a sinner. Once you've gotten past your own self righteousness, once you've gotten past your own self importance, then you can have that humility that it takes to be full of compassion, full of kindness, humility, meekness, and you know the traits that you see listed there in verse twelve of chapter three of Colossians. Compassion at its core means to suffer with. And I think that's what Daryl Strawberry is really doing. He sees the condition of his friend. He, he maybe has experienced some of those things and sees the outcome. He wants to get him the help he needs because he feels the pain. He feels the burden right along with Doc Gooden. It's not for us really to simply confront somebody, simply to point out where where they've messed up. That may ultimately be the result. They see where they've messed up, but that's not our job. Our job is to help one another through it, to love one another, to suffer with one another. That's what it is to be Christ-like. John thirteen thirty five says, By this all men know that ye are just my, my disciples, if ye have love one to another. By this, all men know that ye are my disciples. If you have love for one another, that's how people know you're a Christian. That's how people know Jesus is real. They see Christians loving other Christians. Just to finish this thought through Colossians chapter 3, when you approach a struggling friend with, you need to do it with an acute awareness of your own sinfulness. And when you do it with that awareness and you do it with true compassion, then you're able to really love and forgive like Jesus does. Then you can teach, then you can admonish with wisdom, as it says in verse 16. It's a difficult thing, no doubt about it. I don't envy Daryl Strawberry. I don't envy you if you find yourself in that situation today. Uh, I join many others in praying for Dwight Gooden. I hope uh, that he gets the help he needs before it's too late, because he looks really bad, man. I pray that he finds his hope in a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.
1: title sponsor beyond the game is town and country pest solutions and they have been for the two plus years this show has been on the air but that is nothing compared to the nearly 30 years of renting your homes and businesses of unwelcome pests and i'm not just here reading a commercial script for them i am a happy and satisfied customer they have taken care of a mouse bee and an even fly problem for me yes my house is old and falling apart and i get all sorts of critters but unlike swimmers not named michael phelps they have an answer to beat their competition and rid your home of pest problems they are a gold medal caliber company was that lame yes i admit it and i kind of hate myself for saying it but i don't hate myself for calling town and country pest solutions they really are the best and they guarantee their work Did I mention they're the best? So save yourself more of a headache and money and call them first. Don't waste your time on other companies. Town & Country will do it right the first time, every time. So give them a call today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time because someone decided that 3 is the magic number, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God.
3: You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal. Secure servers. Beyond the game, thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Well, it's a one for
0: the money, two for the show, three to get ready now. Go, can I go, but don't you? Welcome back to the show, my
3: blue suede
0: Benson and Barletta. Beyond the game, well, you can do but the my- Texas Rangers released Josh Hamilton this week. You may not have even noticed he, he was even on their roster since he. He opened the season on a DL. Poor guy's first game, first rehab assignment game. He felt discomfort in his knee, had to have season-ending surgery. This is back in June. I mean, he only played 50 games last season. The Rangers released him. They did say they're hopeful that he's healthy enough to compete for a roster spot next season. Apparently, Hamilton needed to be moved off the 60-day disabled list before the end of August, or he wouldn't have been able to play for them until after May 15th next year. That's under one of Major League Baseball's mm-hmm. many goofy contract rules. Really like Josh Hamilton. I'm rooting for him to come back. He's going to get paid. I mean, he's going to get $26 million next year no matter what. Two, right. all, all but two of that coming from the, the Angels. So for the Rangers, it's like you're playing with house money. This is a guy that's fallen. He's battled back time and time again. I I don't know him, but a friend of mine is a friend of his, has been an influence on both his personal and baseball life, his spiritual life. He has a strong faith in Jesus. He says that he's able to pick himself up each time because his foundation is built on the rock of Jesus. He's built his foundation on the rock. Of course, a reference to the parable Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 7. One builder constructs a house, verse 24 to 29, on sand. You know, the one, the one, the other builder builds it on rock. And of course, the storms come, only one stand. Jesus says in verse 24 that whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. One would think both builders probably had, had heard the same things. They know how to build a house, but one acted upon it, one built on a solid foundation. The other one did not act upon it just kind of goes to show it's one thing to hear the words of jesus but he says that whoever does them is like a wise man and certainly josh hamilton he's he's endured his storms in his life but his foundation remains firm his life may be shaken at times but his foundation holds you don't usually notice the foundation of a house that is until a storm comes along a storm will reveal the type of foundation you built upon Jesus, is in this parable, again, Matthew 7, verses 24-29, Jesus doesn't tell of a potential storm. He warns us that they're going to come. Storms are going to come. The storms are going come. The foundations of our lives are going to be rocked at some point. But even beyond this life, when we stand before God and give an account for our lives, I hope you you've built on a solid foundation and you know, for all his troubles that Josh Hamilton has had, he has built on a solid foundation. It's how he's able to keep bouncing back, and I'm rooting for him again. I didn't know this. He co-wrote a book. I, I never knew that. I think fact, I
2: heard that, but I haven't read it.
0: I Well, obviously I haven't read it. I don't even know about it. But I heard that there was a movie that was scheduled to be made, but there, you know, I don't know whatever came about. If they did it, didn't do it, I think he slated had, uh, for production.
2: I think he might have had a relapse issue since then, so they may have put it on the back burner. So, but he's, he's one of those guys that's a great example of the fact that being a Christian doesn't mean that you're perfect, and it also doesn't mean that things are going to be easy for you, because neither of those has been true in his case.
0: Yeah, I can't think of too many Christians where it is true. You know, it's a battle like for everybody else, but as you say, it all depends on the foundation that you build upon, and um, you know, if you'd like more information, I just want to point this out be, about becoming a Christian, uh, having that solid rock foundation that's it's only found in Christ. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com. You can also contact us here at the, contact us here at the show. Call a good Bible-preaching church in your area if you don't know one. Get a hold of me here through the website. Be glad to help you. Title sponsor of the Beyond the Game program is, of course, Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. My Pest of the Week is the University of Central Florida. You may have heard that UCF has announced plans to erect a statue to honor their former football coach, George O'Leary. If the name sounds familiar, you may recall it was O'Leary who was only available for the UCF job because he had lost his job at Notre Dame for lying on his resume. O'Leary was also the head man when uh, player Eric Plancher collapsed and died during a practice in 2008. Now, while O'Leary was not specifically named Though some did testify at a trial that he may have withheld water from players, it was UCF's Athletic Association that was found negligent in the matter. Several former UCF players have testified that team trainers did not respond when Plancher showed signs of distress and that the drill which Plancher collapsed during was actually a punishment-type drill. Mm -hmm. Uh, It should be pointed out that the statue is being built with funds from private donations, not with funds from the university. O'Leary won a total of 81 games at UCF. He finished 81 and 60 for his 12-year career there. You want to think that's something that's going to get a statue? No. just weird. despite leaving the team in the middle of going 0 and 12 last year. Money talks, though. O'Leary is credited with building UCF into a somewhat competitive program, which earned corporate sponsors, including even a new stadium. But what can you expect from a school who named their baseball field? after a former coach who was fired after accusations of sexually <laughs> harassing a male equipment manager. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the coach has denied
2: all the charges, in fairness. The University of Central Florida, my pest of the week. My pest of the week is Mike Harrington of the Buffalo News, who wrote the ultimate sour grapes piece of quote-unquote journalism when Jimmy Vc spurned the Sabres to sign with the New York Rangers. Harrington was especially angry with the other teams who went to games and watched VZ play while he was, quote-unquote, the property of another team. Bro, that's called scouting, and every team in sports does it (laughs) all the time. Mike Harrington is a sore loser and a poor journalist and my Pest of the Week. Thanks for listening
0: to the Beyond the Game program. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, Give them a call, 585-426-5024. You know those bees flying around. You're trying to eat side. You know, trying to eat outside. You know those bees are bothering you. 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson sent you. For Zach, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back again next week, right here at this same time. Have a great week, everybody.